If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect how intentional have you been with surrounding yourself with rock stars, with badasses, with people that are encouraging to live your dream, people that have resources and have the ability to impact your life in a positive way? Or are you surrounded with some people that are struggling and maybe maybe are pulling you back and are creating doubt in your life? Or maybe a, a cast of characters in your life. Whoever you surround yourself, though, I think we can all agree, is going to have a ripple effect in your life. So the good news is that if you choose a group of people, a tribe of people that are high achieving, motivated, uh, happy, it's going to accelerate your success. I think we can all agree upon that. And that's the whole point of this show, is to introduce you to people who have broken through, defied the odds, made a difference in their life, and, and for you to be able to add them to, you know, having them as a mentor as part of your peer group. However, when you're ready to truly start the path to financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, then you can find out about this concept called the mastermind groups. And if you're a high achiever, then I have a mastermind group that's got some room for you. It's a community that's going to blow your mind and what it will bring to you and the impact it'll have on your life. I certainly know this because I've been doing this for eight years and there's nothing I've seen in the personal development field that's more impactful than the powerful curated mastermind group. So all you have to do is jump on a call with a team member, go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and have a conversation with one of my directors of opportunities going to explain to you what that community is all about. See if there's a fit on both sides and then watch your pathway to success become very accelerated so go ahead rockthomas.com forward slash vip call this is one of my favorite podcasts you're going to meet a huge man that actually comes in a smaller package he has no legs and one arm you are in for an absolute treat i let it go longer than usual because there was so many gems that my buddy nick dropped for you you guys are absolutely in for a treat. Check this out. Winners don't hate other winners or other triers. It's only haters or people that are taking action that hate winners. You got to find somebody that sees the gifts in you, the gifts that you didn't see in you. There are wealth traps, such as thinking you know it all already and you aren't open to learning. Share your vision with everybody. You never know who's going to get you on stage. This 23-year-old young man has been on the stage with Tony Robbins already by sharing his vision and desire to be on stage. He's a medical miracle, and he is going to be coming out in the near future with some music and rapping, and one of his goals is to get on stage and to do a duet with Pitbull. Let's watch the magic happen. There are so many gems that are dropped in this podcast. You're going to want to listen to it. Maybe listen to it a couple of times. He's very genuine. He's very real. And Nick Santonastasso is one of the biggest guys in the smallest packages that you're going to ever listen to with a sincere heart 
You're going to see that his programming from his parents has is, is really affected his life, but the beliefs, the filters we look at the world through, that he is going to suggest that you maybe embrace are really, really powerful. So please help me welcome my dear friend, Nick. My man, I'm excited to spend my morning with you here today. So you're the man. I'm excited. So let's do this like a movie where we talk about where you are today. And I want to go backwards because a lot of times people are like, well, tell me your story. But you and I met a couple of years ago at a GoBundance event. Uh, fell in love with you then because of your heart, your soul, your energy, your verve for life. And I've watched you in the last two years speak in front of thousands of people in China on stage in front of 15,000 people at Tony Robbins event. And you're how old? I'm 23. You're 23. So tell, I want you to tell the audience, tell the listeners about the last kind of two to three years of your life, which has been kind of the, really a pinnacle of probably 20 years of programming from you and your parents and making really, really cool choices in, with your mindset. But tell us what's been going on the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a great question. So roughly three years ago, I moved from New Jersey where I lived my whole entire life and I moved to Tampa. And I actually moved to Tampa because I wanted to get into a better environment for bodybuilding. Um, and, and because I, I looked at Florida, I'm like, the weather's great every day. Like there's a place like this. This is, this is incredible. Right. And so I moved to Tampa, um, for a better, better bodybuilding environment. And that's when a mutual friend had said, Hey, there's a little mastermind. There's probably only like eight or 10 people. They're from Tampa. If you want to meet new people, you know, you should come. And I said, okay. And so, you know, I go to this mastermind and I see that there's this, there's this guy that has a bit of a Russian accent and I'm like, you know, I'm just always analyzing and I was quiet the first, the first day. Um, and then the second time I went to that mastermind, that Russian said, bro, what, what's your story? You've been so quiet. And I'm like, that's a really long story. Do you want my story? And um, so I told my story and, and, you know, as I'm telling him, everybody started to listen. And after that story, no joke, after that story, he looked at me, he's like, dude, you're going to be on stage with Tony Robbins one day. And, I, and, and my reply was, who's Tony Robbins? <laughs> and I'm not in personal development. Um, I know nothing about Tony Robbins. And that Russian was Ratmare, who is now is my business partner, one of my business partners and my best friend. Um, and so from that moment, me and Ratmare had a conversation that night. And he's like, listen, He's like, I don't know what it is, but I feel extremely compelled to help you get your message out there. He's like, I'm moved by you. Like, I just, I'm, I'm blown away that you drive a car because I was getting into my car. And um, I remember that night he was like, I was like, dude, I don't know who you are. You know, like, I don't know who you are. Like, we don't have a relationship. And he's like, you're right. He's like, let's build a relationship. And he's like, I'm going to work for you for free. He's like, 50% of my day is going to be real estate. And 50% of my day is going to be trying to book you on, on somewhere because I just, I'm really compelled. And so, you know, a month goes by and Ratmir is booking me meetings and I, I worked my only part-time job. It was my only real job I've ever had. And I was customer service at a meal prep company, like answering phones. And I hated it, by the way. And um, he got me to quit my job and we went all in on, on, this, on this building, this speaking company. Our first, our first event was our local car dealership in Tampa for like $1,000. I gave their sales team like a pep talk. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is, is two reasons is because one, there's going to be people in your life that see gifts in you that you don't see in yourself. 
there's going to be people in your life that see something in you. They see a skill. They see a superpower. They see something that you can master and you may not see it in yourself. It's kind of like a dusty trophy, you know, on a library shelf. And it's, and your mom comes over and she dusts it and you're like, Oh, that trophy's sick. Like, and she's like, it's been there the whole time, Nick. You just didn't, you didn't exercise it, you know? And so that's what the guy, the guys did for me. Um, and so we fast forward, like going through this two, three year journey rock, we, um, trying to build credibility. I was a 21, 22 year old kid that had no business credibility was just getting into personal development. Um, you know, like how do I jump into this industry of people that have been doing it for years and years and years. And so one of our core values and one of my core values, and I know you have it as well as being a student of the game. And I always tell people that, you know, one of the biggest David Osborne calls them wealth traps. One of the biggest wealth traps that people have is the know-it-all syndrome. And so I know that I'm at that time, 22, 21, and that I need to drop my ego, put it to the side here, here, buddy, sit down and realize that you only know what you know. And I listen to everything with an open mind. And not only do I listen to everything with an open mind, but, but every time I got off stage, how can I get better? Analyze it. What, what did I do? Good. What did I do? Bad. How can I, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, master the craft per se. And so one of the things that the guys were already into was the Tony world and they had crewed, they had attended and they were like, we want you to go to uh, UPW. And one of our goals is for you to meet Tony. I'm like, all right, this is great. Like, I don't know what any of this is. And my <laughs> first time jumping into that world and we went to UPW and another one of our skills is like, this was when team. about what, what, what time frame? Give us a context. on the 2017. Okay. 2017. I went, for, went to my first UPW and I was attending, but the guys were crewing and they were just like trying to find like the key players to put me in front of. And um, I was able, I was able to sit in the CIS, which is like the, the personal, like Tony's personal invitation. And it was just guided, like, you know, moments of being guided. There was a, there was a kid to my, to the, to the left of me. He was like a teenager. And at, towards the end of the event, he goes, my dad's going to take pictures with Tony. Do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, of course I want to come. And so I was able to get me and the three guys, uh, me and my two guys back there and take a picture. And that's where Tony invited me to date with destiny. I wait, um, I'll, fa I'll fast forward this up. That I went to date with destiny. And then from there, we kind of just told the team, if there's anything you need, you know, Nick's a speaker, if there's anything you need, just plant seeds. We're big believers in just plant seeds everywhere. You know, always share your vision to everyone because you never know who that person knows, or you never know who that person what that person can open up for you right and so like a year goes by we hear nothing and a, this is a year um that goes by while ratmer is like hey nick just wrote a book hey nick just climbed a mountain and teach the goal setting course hey you know like just planting seeds planting seeds planting seeds and then finally um they were like tony does a youth leadership he's not there but it's for the youth leaders um in san diego uh, would you be willing to speak and I said, sure, absolutely. And they're like, would you be willing to buy your ticket out there too? I'm like, sure, absolutely, right? Like, I don't care, right? Because I'm in the contribution, serve, provide value, whatever I could do. And so I showed up, I crushed it. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then, you know, me planting seeds. I'm like, if there's ever an opening in UPW, you know, that'd be amazing. They're like, no, it's really full. I'm like, okay. And so six, seven months goes by, nothing. And then all of a sudden they were like, hey, out of nowhere, we get an email. It's like, hey, um, Tony was talking about with the team and wanted to bring new speakers on. Would you like to speak at UPW Dallas on day four about energy and vitality? I'm like, I'm in. 
And so, you know, they tested me out in Texas and I knew, see, I knew rock that Tony's tapped into his events. And regardless of if he's not there on day four, someone's going to show him the video because he wants to see if I'm good or not. Right. And so I show up and I just do my thing and um, they're like, this is amazing. And then they gave me one of the biggest compliments that I carry with me now. And a, a couple weeks after that event, they were like, Tony saw your day four and he wants you to speak on day one to talk about the six human needs after him because he's absolutely certain that you can keep the energy just as high as him. And I was just Whoa. like, oh my God. Whoa. And so that was my whole story of like that three years um, being persistent in one gig, like yeah. to get one gig um, with Tony. Um, but other than that, Rock, we've just been, you know, scaling the speaking company. I've been building a relationship um, with a, my dear friend in, in China who does tours, all, you know, for people in Asia. And um, despite the craziness going on, I just have a sweet spot for China because those people aren't exposed to people like me. Right. People that are disabled, they're, they're, they're hidden away, right? The families don't want to look at them. And so if they see someone like me achieving all these things, it's just like seeing a unicorn for the very first time. And so I'm all done babbling, but that's my story about the, the past two, three years of just being extremely persistent, um, being a student of the game and analyzing my craft and how I can provide more value each and every time. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I, you know, I think uh, when you get interviewed a lot, people want to know your backstory. And I think they could probably go to YouTube and they could hear a lot about that. And you've got other podcasts of your backstory. And I'm going to visit that as well. But I think it's interesting for people to hear a little bit about what the last three years of your life have been about, because it's been a whirlwind and it's been intense. And you have two guys that travel with you. You have other obstacles that other people don't have. Uh, you've written a book. Tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started, when we started the speaking company, I was looking for a way to add credibility, right? And, yeah. and we were like, well, if you're an author, I think your fee goes up. You know, we're learning. Like literally when we created a speaking company, no one knew anything about building speaking companies in, our, in our, the three of us. And so we're just diving into this industry new. And so we're like, yeah, I think our speaking fee goes up if we write a book. And it's, it can also add another stream of revenue. Instead of just a speaking fee, we can do meet and greets and sell books afterwards. And I'm like, great, um, I'll try to write a book. And, you know, because I don't know what I'm writing a book entails. And it's funny because Ratmir was like, you know, it was just me and Ratmir at the time. He's like, how long do you think it'll take for you to write the book? I'm like, just give me like two week deadline, bro. Like, I, I think I got it. And so like, I remember I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm like typing on my laptop. And I remember I finished my whole story and I had four pages and I'm like, oh man. Ratman's like, how's your book coming on? I'm like, it's good, bro. Just give me a little bit more time. <laughs> and then finally, I was like, dude, I was like, I wrote my whole story. It's four pages and uh, we're going to need help. And so, <laughs> you know, in entrepreneurship, right, it's, it's dialing your strengths, you know, focus on your strengths, outsource your weaknesses. And clearly writing a book wasn't my strength. And so I found a buddy, a buddy of mine now who basically interviews you for like, it was, it, it was three two-hour sessions so a total of six hours he interviews me um and then they write the book for you and so i'm like this is amazing because like i, kn I know my story you can interview me i'll talk about anything it's just i need someone to put some fluff and you know some, right. some organization right. in there right and so the book is called victim to victor and how to overcome the victim mentality to, li to live the life you love and so basically it's you know stories from my life but after every chapter there's strategic questions for you to reflect and work on because I didn't want just people to read through it. I wanted them to be able to 
get some sort of, you know, work out of Actionable it. Actionable items. Yeah, absolutely. And so was able to get that book out and it did. It, it added um, not only credibility, we were able to hit like one of the top Amazon bestsellers, um, but it added another another aspect to the company, right? And not, not only another revenue stream, but another way to connect with people afterwards. Because I don't know about you, but I, I see a lot of speakers and they'll just show up, they'll do their thing and then they'll leave. Yeah. And like me, like there's, there's moments where guys have to, my guys have to pull me off a two hour meet and greet. Cause I want to meet everyone and connect with people because like people, people feel that you care, you know, like we always talk about like people's BS meters are very good. And I just want to show people like I'm truly here to serve and love on you despite being on stage afterwards with the meet and greets. And that's where some of the best testimonials come from. That's where some of the people come up and share their breakthroughs about, you know, that shift in their mind or that's what I love. You know, you yeah. don't really get that if you're just always on stage being the guy. Yeah, totally true. Now, one of the things that I think your parents taught you is that if you do the things that are difficult in life, life becomes easier and you have this, you know, resume of attacking life of being, uh, of taking on things that most people would go, what the hell? You're doing wrestling, you're doing weightlifting, you're, you're, you're right, you're driving your own car. Tell us a little bit about the importance that of you, the role that your parents played in planting that seed. And I also want to know, you know do you know your grandparents? Yeah, just, just a little, I knew them a little bit, but yeah, we could talk about that as well. Yeah, so give us a little bit of color on the background of that because it's all it all leads toward the programming that eventually served you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always say my my parents are the superheroes and I'm just the offspring because right as a parent, you're cultivating your kids' mindset through your actions, through your words, the way you talk on the phone, the way you drive in traffic, the way you get pissed off in traffic. Because whether yeah. you think your kids are listening, they might not always be listening, but they're always watching. Yeah. They're always watching. You're you are the mirror for your kid, right? of what life's supposed to be like. And so at an early age, my parents sat me down and basically told me like, hey, Nick, this is how you're born. You know, no legs and one arm and this isn't gonna change. And what we also wanna tell you is that the world out there isn't going to adapt to you. So that means that you have to figure out, you know, they called it Nick's way. You have to figure out how to do each and everything Nick's way. It may take a little bit more time. You may fall down a little bit more, but things are going to get easier. And you know, at, at that age, I don't really know what they're talking about. I don't really understand it. And um, so for example, they'd put my clothes in front of me, you know, they'd set a shirt there and they'd say, all right, Nick, let's go, let's, let's figure it out. And, and they just like watch me play with it. And, you know, I, I'd try to get my shirt on and get pissed off and like, just, just dress me. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. And they give me verbal suggestions, but they would never do the work for me. They would never just make it easy and, and, and do the work for me. And we can even reflect rock. How many, how many parents just like do everything for their kids as in like, tie their shoes and put their shirt on and put their pants on like just the little things. And I'm not poking and I, and, and I don't, I'm not a parent. I'm just teaching through my, my life perspective, by yes. the way, I just wanted to put that out there. And then I finally was able to put my shirt on. And then they put me in my high chair with a spoon there and some Cheerios and said, Nick, you, you know what to do, you know, figure it out. And there was two things that they were teaching me rock. The first thing, like you said, was they were getting me comfortable with uncomfortable situations. And oftentimes, if a human doesn't exercise the muscle of doing hard things, when they get into adulthood or when they're, they're teenager, they get their whole life, when something's hard and something's difficult and they don't succeed right away, they run. It's because they're not used to it. Right. It's uncomfortable for them. 
And another reason is because the number one, number one fear for humans is fear of failure. Fear of failure. Well, why, why do we have a fear of failure? Is because our relationship with failure is not a good one. See, failure is a buddy of mine. Failure is a buddy of mine. I, I run to failure. He hugs me. You know, we, we cry together. We watch movies. Like, failure is something that I embrace because I know on the other side of failure, massive personal growth is going to be taking place. Um, because would you agree that we learn more from our losses than our wins? Of course. Like, there's, we don't really learn much from our wins. And then the second thing that they were teaching me by, you know, making me put my clothes on and making me, you know, eat my food a certain way was they were getting my brain in the habit of being solution oriented, which I, which I've, it, I think was one of the most important skills or important ways to think not only as an entrepreneur, but as human in general. And so the, I think Tony talks about 10%, 10% the problem, 90% the solution, but I don't focus on the problem much. Yeah. My, like, like, it wasn't like, oh, I can't get on the chair. It's like, oh, how am I going to flip myself onto that chair? You know, it's like, or how am I going to pick up that spoon with my, my limbs? You know, it's like, even to this day, like, I just want to give a little insight. I still challenge myself. And so for those of you that are watching visually, and then for those of you that are listening, I have a left arm with one finger and then I have a right arm, which is a little bit shorter. A phone charger, I can simply grab it with my two limbs and I can plug it in. But still to this day, I'll try to plug my phone in with one finger. I'll try to like balance it and like, you know, balance it and put it in and put it in there because I'm always challenging myself. And so to wrap up the two things, it's like becoming solution oriented. That's something that you can adopt immediately. And it's something that you can instill in your kids. Like when they bring forth a challenge, ask them, well, what's the solution? And, and the solution doesn't even have to be right, but it's the habit of them getting the solution in, in the front of their brain rather than the problem. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I asked that question cause I can relate to it. I grew up on a farm and yeah. if the pipes burst, the horses still need to be fed. And like you, my parents didn't give me the solution or make it easy. They said, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And today, just like you, I actually developed and I write about it in my book is there's always a way. My brain does not go, there's not a way, or I can't get up on the chair, or I can't do this. It goes, seek the way. Just, there's a way. If you can't see it, then just get curious, get creative, get resourceful, but yeah. find a way. While we're in this pandemic, I'm up to now 8,000 oranges picked out of my trees and my That's neighbor's awesome. trees <laughs> because I have time and it's fun. And I'm learning because I grew up in Canada. I'm learning what is it like to be able to pick lemons, oranges, and grapefruits from a tree. I never had that experience. Wow. Who cares? I'm 57 years old. And, and, and my family's like, what do you mean you got 8,000 oranges and you froze them and you squeezed them and you did this? And, but I'm so excited. I'm lear I've learned that if you put a knapsack backwards on your chest, it's the fastest way that you can pick. Yeah. And I get excited about that because I'm finding a new pathway. I'm, I'm young, I'm creative, I'm energetic. And, and, and I specifically ask that because I think for most people listening here, they go to, I don't want to lose. I don't want to fail. I don't want to look bad. I'm not comfortable. And all that narrative where I think you in your way, me in my way, embrace it differently is this is going to be fun. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but let's go get it, right? Yeah. And I, and I like how you said, you know, like, what are people going to think of me if I fail, you know? And, th and that's what I say. I always say, I'd much rather be in the trenches 
You know, I'd much rather be falling on my face over and over again, pursuing something that I'm passionate about than being on the sideline saying, I wonder if, or I can't do that, or hating on people that are in the trenches. Like, do you know, do you know the quote, daring greatly? I, no, I don't know. I don't know. It. I don't, I don't have, I have it on my wall here, but uh, it's something like, it's better to be the man in the arena with dust and sweat and blood on your face then the judge up in the stands going, oh, you could have done it that way. You should have done it this way. I want to oh, be in the freaking arena. Get, let, let yeah. me get dirty, baby. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Same way. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, I take it, I take it even further to like at the end of my life, when I'm on my deathbed and, you know, my family's surrounded around me and hopefully I'm in somewhere cool, you know, I look and say, man, I have uh, more remember whens and less what ifs. Like, I don't want to regret anything. I don't want to say, man, I wonder what would happen if I started bodybuilding. Imagine if I said that, <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't have this, this career I have. Or I wonder, if, I wonder if I did make music, if people would like it, you know. I wonder if, man, I didn't have enough confidence to get on stage, but that would have been pretty cool. Imagine I would have missed out on this massive page in my life. And so, you know, I challenge people to have that in the front front of your brain of just like you got one life for what we know we get one shot at this human experience and so like the next time that you're like eh, 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 no do it because i know you're like me rock too like we also use uncomfortableness we use being nervous as an anchor to step in yes. like now i ha like now i have to do it right yes. like i almost i almost drowned as a baby and i didn't like water and you see me out there and I'm learning how to swim. And now I learn how to, you know, swim with a life jacket. Oh, now I'm wakeboarding. You know, like you see how things like just, um, you know, progress. But I use that those moments of uncomfortableness and nervous um, as, as an anchor for me to step in. And that, that's also like when I'm backstage speaking, you know, people are like, how do you deal with being nervous or stage fright and stuff? And, you know, I always tell people when I'm backstage and I'm nervous, that means that I'm right where I need to be, that my blood is rushing through my body and I'm doing something that makes me feel alive. And if I was backstage and I, and I didn't feel any emotion, I'd be doing the wrong thing. And so do more things that make you feel alive, you know, that really, that really get your blood pumping. And because uh, uh, that's, that's the juice out of life. So let's talk a little bit about that. So um, I've seen you snowboard. I've seen you uh, wakeboard, uh, wrestle. What else is on your resume of things that you do that most people would go, even that are, you know, that are, that have all their limbs would go, eh, I'm not sure I want to do that. Where you step in, you lean into it. Give me a little bit of a list. Yeah. So I th think the first thing that comes to mind is, was modeling. And, you know, modeling is an industry where you have to be very cookie cutter, you know, I mean, it's, it's changing, which is beautiful. Right. But you had to be very cookie you had a certain height, certain weight. And, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to become a model to show people that, you know, beauty is really just you being authentically you, you know, and, and no one can be that. And that's the most beautiful thing. The most attractive thing you could be is really comfortable in your own body. And so I was able to walk or hop the New York Fashion Week um, runway um, as a model. And that was coming from, you know, that, that's a transformation because I was a unconfident, depressed, teenager that was chunky you know that loved food and so to be able to you know swift you know shift it and become a model and then um another thing is when i was 14 15 16 my biggest dream my massive dream was i wanted to i pictured myself um, performing all over the world singing and rapping 
Um, that was my, that was my, my main goal. And my parents took me to American Idol. I didn't make it. My parents took me to the voice. I didn't oh, wow. make it. Wow. Um, I took second in this Disney American Idol show and I kind of just like shoved the, shoved the dream under the rug because I got shut down so many times. And I don't think I was in the right mind frame or had built my character to who it needs to be to step into that moment or to step into that passion. And so over the three years of speaking, I've realized that there's a, there's a small percentage of the world that goes to personal development seminars. It is a very small percentage. And so I was like, well, how do I cast a bigger net? You know, how do I cast a bigger net and shine light on way more people that aren't going to these seminars? And I thought, well, if I can take my personal development wisdom and my life wisdom and my perspective, and I can implant it in cool lyrics that people don't even know that they're being taught, then I can reach the masses because music moves the masses, right? And so I was like, dude, this is the perfect time to get back into your passion. And now I not only have confidence and I not only have, you know, proof of concept, um, but I'm at a liberating spot where I realize and I understand mentally that music is an opinionated sport. And there's always going to be people that like your music. And there's always going to be people that don't like your music. So I'm going to create music because it makes me feel good on the inside. And, um, you know, people got to catch on, right? And so um, I built a studio here in the house in Vegas. And I've just been recording. And I'm going to be releasing just song, like persistence, just song, song, song. You know, eventually I'm going to ask Tony to do, you know, a collaboration with Pitbull. Let, like, let me get on stage. Not only speak, but I want to perform you know, and just like take it to the next level. And just to share with the audience a little bit, um, like I have a line in one of my songs that says, life is a wave and I'm staring at a title. I'm just trying to be the light for the kids at a suicidal, you know, like stuff like that. Or cool. you see me on the street, you say, oh, he's disabled. But when we compare mindsets, now I'm the one who's able. So, you know, like, so planting uh -oh. seeds, yeah. So planting <laughs> seeds and lyrics, right? And so that's Mr. what I will love that I'm, shit. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, um, I, and I'm leveraging, you know, my TikTok following. I, I scaled my TikTok in six to seven months to 1.8 million followers. Wow. And, and most of it is younger kids. And so what better way to get into the kids' heads in a positive way than release my music through there. And so I had, I, I wrote like two lines of a song and I sang it acapella in my bathroom and I posted it on TikTok and it went viral. That's all I need is proof of concept that people like the voice. Yeah. Because they didn't like my voice back then. But at least they like it now, right? So that's where I'm at with music. It's one of the, my big passions. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a music guy, but if you look at some of the greats, even Pitbull or J-Lo or Britney Spears, some, of them, some, some critics will say they don't have the greatest voices, Yeah. but they found a way to be relatable, marketable, uh, charismatic, and they take off. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's, you don't have to have a Celine Dion voice, right? Where you can go yeah. 17 octaves. You got to have a personality and a message to and a story to share and yeah. the rest will, will happen organically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think networking in itself, right? Like who, you know, and so like, even we moved to Vegas for proximity of, you know, speaking engagements and that way I can get one way flights anywhere in the world. And I could do most of my business here in Vegas. I don't have to travel as much, but also it's a, it's a music hub and I'm right next to LA. And so I'm in proximity of a lot of things. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to uh, tap into my, my other creative genius and, and kind of let that shine a little bit. Cool. Cool. So let's take it down another little path, entrepreneurship. So you've, you've got a speaking business, you, you, you do coaching, you do training, you do, 
um, you do events. You also have forayed into Airbnb a little bit. Do you still have that going or did you sell your yeah. house in Tampa? Yeah, so the house in Tampa, the house we started the company in, our buddy Don owned it. And, um, you know, that couch for the first, like, I meant for that, that house for the first, like, eight to 12 months, I was sleeping on a couch when we were building the business. And so we have that couch in here. It, it, it comes with us. Okay. And, um, but I had talked to you and said, dude, I, I want to I get an Airbnb. I want that horizontal income. I want something that's coming in every month. Um, and it, it excites me to, like, learn new things, right? Like, to, yeah. to learn new, new yeah. industries. And so, yeah, that, that house is a full-time Airbnb now. And um, we were able to put, so Don, Don's mom lives there. She's the property manager. So we'd be able to provide her, her a job, right? Um, she cleans it. So she gets money off of it too. And that's a cool feeling. And how we design the Airbnb, uh, Marcos help us, um, is it's, yeah. it has pictures of us all over the world. And yeah. so it's like this Nick Santanastasso celebrity Airbnb where there's just pictures of me, inspirational quotes all over. It's like, um, it's almost like an entrepreneur spot for people to go and like work and, and, you know, be inspired. In that, in that, yeah. In that environment. And what's pretty cool is, um, Tom Brady signed to the Buccaneers. And so there's going to be a lot of hype in Tampa. And so yeah. we already blocked off the Super Bowl dates for very high. So nice. there's either two outcomes that happen. They're going to buy the Airbnb for a very high and we're going to go to the Super Bowl with that money or they're not. And we're going to stay in our Airbnb and go to the Is Super, Super Bowl. Is the Super Bowl in Tampa next year? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so cool. So, so cool. yeah, we've been, we've, been, we've been learning that. And then to be honest, Rock, there's, there's one last piece of my puzzle, um, I think, to get back to my parents. And that is I want to retire them here in Nevada. And so the, the, the vision, because we always have, always have visions in mind, right? My vision, I, I actually called my dad yesterday and I said, dad, if I buy a house that has a dope guest house, would you retire? And he said, yes. And he's like, son, he, he doesn't have to be dope. He's like, I can live in a closet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, but that, that's my goal. So like, eventually I want to go ahead and buy my first property here. Cause right now this house gets rented through the company as a workspace. And so I want to buy a house that has this guest house. And, you know, the last piece of my puzzle for my parents is being able to have them retire out here in the desert. <laughs> That's so awesome. I mean, you're just such a, <clears throat> such a lovable guy, such a, a grounded person. And whenever I'm around you, um, I don't have no temptation to feel sorry for you. And I think that you've, you've done a great job at making people feel comfortable with your uniqueness. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's first, first, thank you for that. Um, because that's, you know, one of my goals. And I think one of my biggest superpowers I always say is making people feel comfortable, whether that's on a podcast or whether that's on stage, because especially on stage, if I go, you know, go on a stage and make people feel comfortable, they're the barrier on their mind drops and they're able to listen to me with an open mind. They yeah. see a guy with no legs when I'm cracking jokes about himself, you know, dancing on stage and they relax and they, there's no skeptic, you yeah. know, and, and they're like, this guy's legit. This guy's authentic and genuine. And um, that's why, you know, I pride myself on just being an open book, being authentic, being genuine and just love it on people because they feel that people feel that. And then they'll listen to you and actually take what you say, um, you know, and, and might implement it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> You and I were um, listening to Ed Milet at an event, and one of the things that stood with me is he says, as a speaker, it's really important that you don't try to prove to people that 
your strategy, your method is going to work for them. Just prove, have a belief in what you're saying that they look at you and they go, he really believes himself. Yeah. And I think you carry that with you, you know, your, your vision of life and your, your beliefs around life are working for you. And it makes, I think people lean in and go, well, if he can see life that way, maybe I need to borrow that belief and use it as a filter in my life. And maybe I have some better choices. I think you yeah. do a great, great job of that. Thank you. Yeah. Like that's right. Confidence. I mean, we talk yeah. about certainty too. You know, I think like I, I did, I did for the very first time, it was a couple of days ago, it was um, like a sale off. So basically it was the first round was building rapport. It was three minutes. And the second round was getting them to say yes to your product or service. And I was going up against the two sisters that scaled John Mal Maxwell's company for $90 million. And it was my first time selling one-on-one. -on -one. Like literally I sell off stages, right? I don't sell on one-on-one. -on -one. And all I knew was when I build rapport, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I got, I got, got a few coaching, but all I knew is I sat up straight and I just was absolutely certain. And I don't know what, I, what came out of my mouth sounded right, but in the comments, people like, Nick's fearless. Nick's absolutely certain. His confidence just, you know, shows. And so, yeah, I try to bring confidence in anything that I do. And I think, I think it's such a major role in my life because I missed it the majority of my life. I didn't have confidence the majority of my life until I started to committing to things and following through on them because... I was, um, you know, I, I didn't have the best relationship within myself. And I think that that's where we need to start is within, right? Committing to things and following through for ourselves, you know, stepping up and, and obtaining your vision for yourself, you know, creating an actionable steps for your outcomes and do it for yourself. Because the only person that really matters is right here, you know, like, that, and that's what happiness is. Like, how do you feel when no one's around? Like, yeah, you can feel great on stage. You can feel great in your work and you can feel great on a podcast, but how do you feel when no one's around? And yeah. so, and, and the only person that's around when um, it's just you is God, the universe, whoever you believe in and yourself. Yeah. And so let's start there. So we're, we're wrapping up. Um, I have another couple of questions for you that we're going to finish on strong. But before I do that, what's the best place that people can get hold of you and uh, follow you and listen to you and et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram, my YouTube, my LinkedIn, everything's the same. It's Nick Santanastasso, but I understand that's a very long last name. And so if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs of one arm with a lot of tattoos. There's not many of those running around. And um, my, <laughs> my website- you that have your rare disease that are still alive, right? Yeah. So at, the so at the time of my birth, I was the 12th baby in medical history. And out of those 12, eight of them have passed away due to undeveloped organs. And then now I think there's, there's a few more um, people born with hand heart and that could be any sort of limb deficiency. Okay. Um, so they could be missing only a few fingers. Um, there's a kid, Gabe Adams, who has no arms or legs and he's, he's a couple years younger than me and he has it. And so I've been, you know, in contact with him any way that I can guide him. I want to get him on the podcast and be super cool. Um, but yeah, so we got a couple unicorns running around the, running around the earth here. <laughs> okay, cool. So you have been faced with adversity and you've triumphed through it, through your filters, through your beliefs, and you've decided that there's no winning and losing, there's winning and learning, et cetera. What would be your recommendation for somebody who hasn't had adversity and whose their strategy is, I want to avoid discomfort. I, I, I don't know if I want to fail. And they're, they're playing small, so to speak. How can they condition themselves 
So they give them a little bit more of that warrior attitude that you have, that desire to jump into the pool when they can't swim, the willingness to be nervous and have butterflies and still ask the question, what yeah. would be some of your recommendations to build that muscle? I would say take a notepad and write down all your biggest things that make you feel fearful. All the things that make you nervous, like literally you're nervous while writing it on the page, right? And then whatever's scariest, maybe you don't do that first, right? Because you need the exercise, the muscle, but it's, it's the little things, right? Maybe it's making a cold call or, or maybe you don't really like people and it's you ordering food yourself. Like, I don't know, there's, there's little things that people don't know yes. um, that, that really freak them out. But I would say start small and, and do something that you're like, oh my God, and because you're going to create momentum. That's what we're really doing is trying to create momentum for people. And yes. so start with, start with one thing you know, that, that really makes you fearful and, and do it. And then you realize like, oh man, you got a little pep in your step, a little pep in your hop, and then you, you take it to the next level. Um, but I think building a, a better relationship with failure. Listen, for everyone who's listening right now, if you've noticed, there's there, no winner hates on another winner and no winner hates on a trier, someone that's falling on their face. Do you agree? Yes. And so it's only really the loser, losers that are pointing out your failures. The only, the only, ones are the people on the sidelines saying, Oh, you failed, but they're really scared because they're on the bench as well. Right. So I just want you to take a sense of comfort in the fact that no winner is ever going to judge you for your failures. They're going to, they're going to celebrate them and no winner is ever going to, you know, judge you on your wins. And that's how, you know, the right people that are in your life. And so if you're really scared about the people around you, what they're going to think, and sometimes it's your family and friends that don't really um, see your vision eye to eye, you don't have to cut them out. You just love them from afar. But most importantly, build a better relationship with those uncomfortable things, because those are going to be the very things that get you forward, you know, really sculpt your, I like to say avatar, right? Like you add a piece of confidence to your plate, you add a piece of confidence and self integrity to your plate. Um, but yeah, write down some of the things that make you make you fearful, make you, you know, nervous inside, and then see, see what you can chip off the old block, because you're gonna, you're gonna build armor. You're going to build armor plate to your avatar. And that's what we're trying to do here is just every day get stronger, whether that's, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, as long as we're moving forward, you know, I, I, I think that's winning. That's awesome. Wouldn't you agree also, also that by doing difficult things, you build your self-esteem? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, that, yeah. I mean, that's like esteem. Would you say that's like hierarchy? What do you mean? Like, because I feel like esteem is like kind of oh, where people, people trusting where, yourself, trusting yourself, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree because you, I think it comes down to like you say you're going to do something and then you follow through with it. Right. Yeah. And, and I would, right. I would also, I would also tell people as humans that something that we don't do is we don't self praise ourselves enough. Right. Especially the achievers, right. The go, go, go. The, the majority of our inner dialogue is like nitpicking, like you're not doing enough, right? And so, you know, when's the last time you looked into the mirror and said, I love you. Yeah. Good job. Like, thanks for rolling with me. Yeah. Well, I think that they, it's one way to motivate yourself to go, okay, I, I got that goal. I made a hundred thousand dollars and then you discount it. It's not that much. I need to make 200 now. And it's a, it's what I call a weak strategy for motivation. You should still be able to celebrate your wins, yep. and find a better way to motivate yourself, which is just to be the best version of yourself. I would encourage the listeners to take your exercise and then to write each one of those fear things on a post-it note and put it on a wall. And imagine you have a thousand or a hundred of them on the wall 
And every day you get to choose one, you take it off the wall. I like it. And if you don't take them off the wall, how are you going to build your self-respect and your self-dignity if you're not willing to do the things you fear? But if you do, you kick into the momentum that you talked about and you start to go, okay, which one do am I going to take off today? Yeah. Oh, look. So building awesome. that muscle. Yeah. So how important has networking, uh, masterminds, um, people you've met been to you? Because you and I have gone to some similar circles. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that stuff has condensed 15, 20 years of experience into three, right? I mean, the reason why we scaled so fast is because we've been around amazing people that have been able to guide us, that have been down the journey before, that seen the trials and tribulations and can stop you from going in that pitfall. And so, you know, I believe that we should model like two to four people, not too many because you don't want to spread yourself in thin, but two to three people, you know, mine are Tony, Ed Milet, and Andy Frisella is like my main influencers that I'll model like with their company and everything. Um, but not only that, with networking and, and masterminds, you also get a form of, of accountability group, you know, and, and the importance of accountability group is not only to have people that love on you, but have to have people that push you when you know you need to be pushed. And so I think that's massive for, for people to get in an environment of not only like-minded people, because we can all agree that entrepreneurship can be very lonely if you don't have, you know, friends around that are kind of aligned with your journey. Uh, but these people are going to offer you networks, offer you resources, offer you solutions. I think one of the most powerful things is getting an outside voice and outside eyes in on your business because they can see problems or solutions that you may not be, see because you're in it. You're in it all the time. And so I think one of the most valuable things of uh, masterminds or people around you is getting new voices, getting new, new, new eyes on your business. Because like I said, you're in it and you don't really see the things that you're missing. And I think that's one of the most powerful things for us is bringing people in that aren't in the business because they, they have it with a different eye. And um, also I'm a big believer in just sharing my vision always. You know, I shared some of my vision about music on here. Like you're literally one person, one Zoom call, one handshake, one phone call away from changing the trajectory of your life. Because like I said earlier, you never know who that person knows or you never know who that person is, right? If, if you're just speaking it out to everyone. And so I think that's the most important thing is being around people that don't love, they don't just love on you. They love on you, but they push you when you know you need to be pushed and they can be super transparent and be like, bro, like you got to pick it up here. You're slacking because even for me, constructive criticism I hated until I learned that it was the most powerful thing for me if I listened to it with an open mind. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that when you get into the right tribe or environment, the person actually will call you out because they love you. Not because they want to be a dick, but they're yeah. like, dude, I, I see you're not in your higher self right now. And I know that's what you want is to always be the best version of yourself. So let's step it up here. And you're like, you know what? You're right. Okay. Yeah. And you get to lean into it. Yeah. Cause if, if people, if people are always praising you, you don't really learn much. Right. That's the same. Like, you know, like the, it's funny cause the guys I'll get off stage and I'm like, how to do the like, dude crushed it. I'm like, you guys got to say something else. You, 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 <laughs> let me go to someone else. That's going to like, tell me like, Oh, you need to do this. Right. 
And so they know that their role is just always to like, dude, you did a great job. And then go, go to this guy, go to this guy for the feedback. <laughs> And you need those too. And I, you know, I, I created this model called support, encourage, and challenge. And I think we all need all of those ingredients. Sometimes you need to be supported. And sometimes you, you, you like that little note in your lunch pail when you go to school. And sometimes you need to be told like, hey, you need to stand up to that kid that's bullying you at school and mm. you need to grow some. And, and, and then you get punched in the face and you come home and with a bloody nose and you go, it didn't work out so well. And you go, okay, well, what'd you learn? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So it's a little bit of all of that stuff. So listen, Nick, we can talk all day long. I really, really appreciate you. Um, mad respect. You've given so much value. I've taken a ton of notes and I'm going to re reiterate it in your introduction. So uh, parting words to some entrepreneurial individuals that just, you know, continue on to grow. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but right now in this craziness, there's going to be two outcomes. We're either to become more mentally fit, more physically fit, have better habits, more structure and new skills that we're learning, or we're not, we're going to, we're going to fall off the train a little bit. And so while the world is crumbling right now, how can you create momentum, provide more value and adopt new skills that are going to take you, your family and your business to the next level, because your blade is either, either going to come out dull or your blades either going to come out shoal, um, as sharp. And uh, I'll end with this because it's my favorite quote of mine. Over the 23 years of my life, I realized it's not the physical body that holds us back. But the biggest disability you can have is a bad mindset. Thank you, Rock. I appreciate you, brother. And thank you, Nick. Mic drop on that one. And for those <laughs> of you listening, you've just been listening to Nick Senestadasso, who is one of the greatest individuals you're going to see. And watch out for him in the future on the stages around the world when we get back to normality. And Nick, thank you for taking the time again today. Love you, man. My pleasure, brother. Love you. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.